0: 18 plus. Blessings, 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 blessings. How is everyone that has signed in with us thus far? Pray your day went well. Hey, T. Blessings, Sister Tori. Hey, cousin. How are you guys today? How was everyone's day? I trust that it went well. Uh, Remember, if you have any type of business, you're welcome to post it here so that people might be able to contact you. Thank you for the hearts. Just remember that while we end our discussion, if you so desire, as I've posted for all your questions or your comments to be seen by everyone, just make sure that you're on the right page. Last week, we had a very fruitful conversation about PKs a very fruitful conversation about PKs and whether there's a double standard when it comes to them living their lives versus everyone else uh, around them. And so I thank those of you who did participate last week and some of you asked uh, if we could continue on in the conversation. I know that moving forward, we have a couple of new topics that we're going to be addressing and a few old topics as people are um, asking us to talk about certain things. Uh, Many of you who are with us now weren't here in our beginnings about three years ago. And we started out talking about the various emotions. And um, I asked everyone to send us a list of things that they wanted to talk about. And we talked about blended families. We talked about... um, keeping people out of your business. We talked about self-love. We talked about, uh, wow, it was like 12 other topics. Um, And so we're back at that place where if there's something that you would like for us to uh, talk about here, we will. We will. Um, And we will try our best to give you the answers that you need. And if not, we will surely redirect you to someone we feel will or We will have them come on for a, that's mine, have them come on for a discussion with you all. So uh, feel free to inbox me or you could put in here things that you would want to talk about and I will make sure that I take note of it. Uh, So we're going to continue on uh, with our conversation. And when we were referring to the PKs, we were talking about the double standard um, them being held to a different level of accountability uh, when it comes to life, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to um, uh, church, for lack of better wording, when it comes to the things of God, how they are held to a higher standard. And some of them, most people feel like it's a double standard. Um, blessings, Prophetess uh you know, you're at that place where, you know, um, it's okay, you know, and and I'm giving you some scenarios. Some of the things that we talked about last week were um, scenarios such as a a fellow member of the church might ask the pastor um, to come pray for them or come to the courthouse because their kid you know, has gotten in some trouble and in jail. And, you know, they just want, you know, the prayers of the people, they don't necessarily want it to go public. They want the pastor to come pray. But when it comes to a PK, then everybody wants to talk out loud and everybody wants to condemn them for finding themselves in that situation, which is a double standard because whether you're a PK or just a member's child, um, Blessings, uh, um, It is kind of, you know, hypocritical to want us to handle your business privately, but you always want the PK stuff to be handled publicly. Um, so those are some of the things that we talked about um, on last week. Uh, we also talked about the fact that we want to do a PK conference, and it is not the average PK conference that most people would um normally attend, which is a conference where you have all of the PK kids functioning uh, as the preacher, the presider, the the songstress, the musicians. No, that's not the PK conference that God gave me. The PK conference that uh, God gave me is that we would have that time of pouring back in to those PKs, giving them the forum and the venue and the the freedom to come in whatever state they find themselves in. Depressed, suicidal, um, straight away, um, alcoholism, drug addict, like whatever it is, we want them to be able to come to a place of love. Some people that are waiting there to pray for them, to talk to them, to uh, agree to walk them through things, just being able to Free themselves of the things that they've been holding on to for so long, because nobody would give them the benefit of the doubt. They just because they were a PK, they just you know were were held to this thing where they had to live a perfect life, and none of us are are we just none of us are there. So if we just want to be truthful. There's some leaders that's still striving to be there, and so we can't uh, find ourselves in a place where. Uh, we're so judgmental in somebody else's state of being that we forget where we once were. We didn't come out the womb saved. We just didn't. And while some of us may have been in the church all of our lives, self-included, um, and and just for some of us, some of us have been in church all our lives, but still were able to experience life. Then there are others of us who was in church all our lives, and that's really all we know church we ain't been to a club we ain't been to a movie we we ain't been bowling we ain't never had a chance to wear makeup we never wore a pair of pants we you know we just there were so many things um that were not allowed in our timing of growing up uh that is allowable today and so um we we have different sides of the spectrum when we start talking about PKs. Some PKs were allowed to live, and some PKs were were not. Um, While I held my children um, accountable and to this point of I wanted them to um, be the model of what people are expecting, my children quickly let me know, you know, it's 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 hard. We we can't do that. We wanna we wanna live. You know, Um, when I was coming up. We, we I would be outside jumping rope and it would still be sunlight outside. We had to go to church um, seven days a week. No, lot, seven for real. That's real talk. Seven days a week. Uh, and then revival after revival, convention after convention, district service after district service, YPHA, uh, vacation, Bibles, we, just everything. We weren't allowed to uh, participate in a lot of things, even with gym and sports and things like that. And so uh we um we just couldn't do those things. And so we find ourselves here uh where my children, I allowed them to live a lot more so, even though they felt like it wasn't a lot, they have no idea uh what it was like for me. But what I did for them was while I expected them to be in church every time I was in church. If you lived in my house when I went to church, you went to church. Um and so if you had homework, you brought your homework to church uh whatever it was everybody else going to the beach we went to sunday school we went we went to um whatever they had going on on saturday you know youth choir rehearsal things like that it was always something that we had to do but for my children uh what i did for them was for their birthdays i made sure they had a birthday party um and that was the one time a year where they got to be themselves invite their friends and and do the things that, uh, their age group would be doing at that time. And it was the one time a year that I joined in with them. I made them feel like, you know, it was okay. And that they were going to be all right. And they weren't going to hell for this. Um, and so not everybody had that, um, possibility, not everybody was, was vended that. And so, um, they were able to express themselves a little bit more, you know, we, were seen and not heard in the days that I came up and whatever that adult said, um, if you talk back, you got a hand in your mouth. And then the next thing you know, tarry service going on, you know, and and you expected to be at the altar and things like that. And um, I gave my children the opposite side of that, the the ability to have a conversation with me, as long as their tone was correct, as long as they realized that they were still a child and that they still uh, couldn't get away with certain things. There were certain words you couldn't use when you're talking about adults, like liar and and, and saying shut up and different things like that. And so um, recognizing that not all PKs um, had that kind of freedom, you find that there are a lot of them that to this day um, are still trying to live out their childhood in their adult bodies because they never had that opportunity to express themselves. They never had that freedom, that liberty. And because of that, we find a lot of them in trouble, like a lot of them in trouble because um, they just want to prove a point or they want to, you know, um, they want to rebel because of how strict um, their parents were or the restraints that we had concerning life. You know just what everybody else saw as fun we just couldn't do um and for some uh as as my cousin's on here you know we had uh grandparents that you know mom might not have said or her daddy might not have said but grandma made sure we was in church and um you know we we just it was just a, a different thing back in the day they made sure that the children were in church, that they had good upbringing, that they had the word, um, and so um, what I would like to do, what God gave me, and and I won't let up until we make it happen, um, is this PK conference that I'm referring to is a time of healing. It is a time of letting go. It is a time of forgiveness. It is a time of um, breakthrough for the PKs, you know, uh, so that you can get out of or let go of that bitterness. Um, Some of the things that we're um, bitter about today have everything to do with the 10-year-old self, the 7-year-old self, the 13-year-old self, the 16-year-old self that never got an opportunity to really express how they felt because if they did, it was considered disrespectful. And then you either got a punishment or another whooping um and so torn how you get on another page on the other page um and so uh we we found ourselves um having to shut up a lot which means that we were dying from within we were dying from within we we were we were walking around visible to others, but dying within ourselves because we weren't able to say, or we weren't able to tell, or if something happened to us and we told our parents, if the adult said, oh, okay, if the adult said, um, that we were not being truthful, then our parents believe the adult. Well, you know, uh, I had, um, uh, oh, I was like, who is that talk? I forgot. That's my bestie. Um, when we were um, coming up, what I did with my children is is I gave them an opportunity. If the teacher called and said something that happened to them, I didn't automatically take the word of the teacher, not that I felt like, you know the teacher would um, say anything wrong, but I allowed my children to understand that if they told me the truth and they told me before I got in front of the teacher, then their punishment wouldn't be as uh, bad you know, it wouldn't be as harsh because they would have told me the truth and trusted me to be there for them because while I would let them know that they were wrong, I'm still gonna let them know that I'm there for them. Um, And so we're gonna get past this. So I always grew up, um, I grew my children up with the opinion that um, I'd rather hear it from you first than hear it from somebody else. I would rather know that you are confident or comfortable enough letting me know something before it got to me from somebody else is nothing like having to hear everything about your child from somebody else and never yourself. Um, And so I tried to give them that freedom, helping them to understand that it still had to be done in respect, with respect. And so this thing where you're telling your children, you know, um, you gotta be respectful and they come in and oh well, you gotta earn my no, 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 you don't you don't get to do that. You don't you don't get to do that. Um as a child, uh, when you do things properly and you handle things correctly, um you you you're not always gonna get the response that you like. And it's a matter of how can I deal with that? And so with PKs, um You know, people knew that you were a PK, so therefore they went and told your parents, knowing that you were going to be reprimanded. They didn't care. They just, you know, found pleasure in knowing that, well, I'm going to go tell your mother. You know, I'm going to go tell your grandmother because they knew that you were going to get in trouble no matter what. And so you have a lot of PKs that um, are angry even to this day because of that. And they go above and beyond trying to be heard. They over talk you or, or, or they're loud. They all amped when they are trying to say something to you, or, you know, they get very, um, verbally defensive, um, because, you know, they just want to be heard something that they have not experienced. And so being a PK has its perks, but it's not as glorious as most people think. Um, Tanesha said that her grandmother made sure they was in church, and we did. And the day that I was coming up, it was unheard of that a child was home while the parent was at church. It just didn't happen. Now, there were times when the child was at church and the parent was at home because it was the child who had a love for God and the parent who, uh, for whatever the reason, was done with church Uh, either their parents were so strict with them that they made up in their mind that when they got old enough, they wasn't going to go and they wasn't going to make their kids go. And now we find out that they wish they didn't have that uh, attitude because now they can't get the respect that they want to get from their children. But it's because of different ways that we brought our children up and, and given them options about things that really should not have been as long as you are the parent and they are in your home, your rules are your rules. And when you get up in the morning on Sunday and you get ready to go to church, guess who's going to church? And, and and you're going to be with me in church until it's time to go home. And so um, this is why some of us from days of old um, are, are able to still have stability in the church now, or are able to still have that desire to be in church even even with knowing that it's not something I have to do, but now it's a choice. It's because of my love. It's because of my relationship with God and they understand it. And so um, it, we are we are at a, a crossroads where we have to be able to be sensitive enough um, for adults and children. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, when you're confronting somebody about something or when you're talking to somebody about something, You should never um, assume, one, that you're right, two, um, that you have the only answer um, because you never consider the person that you're talking to might have had just as bad a day as you. And you have no idea how they may come back at you. You know, the clapback might be very surprising to you. And so um, we want to um, consider all of that. Um, I'm talking about PKs right now, but I'm really also just talking about life and talking about people. We we go to people and we say we getting ready to go and some, you know. I'm getting ready. Meet me so and so, or I'll see you after church, or I'll da 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 da, and I, you know, and all of this stuff like that, and not realizing that the person that you're saying that to. You might, you might be doing that on the wrong day because you didn't consider what kind of day they had. You haven't considered the kind of hurts that they've endured. You haven't considered the times that they've been made to shut up when they wanted to speak. And so you might be the one that gets all of that. And then you're left in amazement because you didn't expect that to come. And so what we need to do um, when it comes to Um, again, I'll say PKs as well as others who are in our lives, we have to understand that there's a reason why people are the way they are. It really is. Now, whether they want to admit it is a totally different thing. But the fact of the matter is we respond to what we know. We respond to what we have heard. We respond to what has been said. We respond meaning whatever your environment was as when you were growing up, that tends to be the adult that you become. And so if you are used to hostility and you are used to verbal abuse and you're used to emotional abuse, you don't know how to handle love. You don't know how to um, receive it uh, in a way uh, without pushing it or punching it or destroying it. Um, Sometimes, we hurt the very thing that God has sent to help us heal. And uh, PKs um, have experienced a lot of pain. One, because they have to share their parents, whether they like it or love it. PKs have to share their parents more than they would like to. Um, that it, it, it gives them the opinion that the church is more important than them. Uh, it makes them feel like... Um, I can't talk to my mother. I can't talk to my dad because they're gonna throw Jesus down my throat. They're not gonna to try to understand. They just gonna, you know, all they're gonna say is we're gonna pray about it. You know, there's all of these things that uh were days of old, um, that today the children just rather not deal with it at all because they're so used to hearing it. And so um, are you that person? Are are you that person that um has been waiting for an opportunity to just say i hurt. Are you uh that man cuz I'm getting ready to do this conference too. Are you that man that wants to say men hurt too? You know because most people when they come to help, the first thing they do is gravitate to the women and children. Let's just tell the truth. Most times um because women are more vocal about where they've been or what they're feeling, uh they are the audience that is usually first attended to. And I'm of the opinion from seeing and living long enough to know that men hurt too. And they don't know how or when to say it because they don't want people to judge them. Here's that word again, judge them. Oh, you know, they might feel like I'm less of a man if I tell them that this hurt me and it made me want to cry. Oh, I might not, I must not have a backbone because, you know, I, I don't argue or I don't, I don't deal with confrontation when it comes to me and my wife or when I'm in a relationship or with me. And it, or I'm just, you know, uh, people have all, hey, Kendra, um, they have all kinds of reasons. Men hurt too. Guess what? Did you know that men get raped too? Did you know that men get molested too? Did you know that men went through foster care as well? Did you know that some men grew up in a one-parent home? Did you know that there are some men who shared with who they thought was a friend and was devastated to find out that that friend betrayed them? Did you know that it wasn't just you? I'm telling you that there are some hurting people. Yes, bestie, they do. They talk to the wrong people. Um, and I agree. Back in the day, we had no voice. I'm telling you, this, this day in time, this day in time, you want to um, at least try to be sensitive enough uh, that you can feel somebody else. That you're not so busy talking about you that you can't hear them. You ever call somebody, um, or let me me flip that. Somebody ever call you and ask you how you're doing, and before you can start telling them how you're doing, they give you their story, and the conversation automatically flips to them, and, and, and we forgot that you asked me how I was doing? Are you that person who never gets to say what's going on, never gets to... Um, identify the emotions and the thoughts that you're having because you're so busy hearing it from everybody else, or you're so busy um, being there for everybody else because everybody sees you as that strong person. Everybody sees you and knows that they can talk to you and you're not going to tell nobody. I don't care what your age. Sometimes it's young people listening to older people who come in and sharing their business with them. I'm telling you, uh, 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 there was some Um, older folk that used to communicate to me at 13, you know, because they knew that I could hold their secrets or I wouldn't go and tell anybody else. But that was a lot to hold on to. That was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of, um, um, uh, I guess pain because you start taking on other people's stuff, you know, you, you, you feel bad for them and you start carrying their weight more than them and you have to learn how to listen. You have to learn how to listen and, and without bearing. Listen without bearing. And, and it's not something easy. To, at least it's not easy for me. It is something that I get uh, reprimanded about uh, a lot. Or oh, I rebuke, whichever the proper word you need to understand. I get in trouble for taking on people's stuff. Um, but I just believe that this is what God has created me to do. But everybody can't do that. And so I think that it's unfair for you to know that you can't handle somebody's stuff and still let them share it with you. You know you can't handle it. You know you got your own stuff. Why would you listen to them and knowing that you get ready go tell business? to somebody else because you can't handle it. Or you feel like you just need to talk to somebody else or get the advice or the opinion from somebody else. Taneja said she's experienced it and it was very annoying. I'm st- The conversation would go real good. And then five seconds later, they shifted somewhere else. I'm telling you it's, it's, it's a real place, um, to want to talk to somebody, to want to, um, have somebody listen to you and then you end up being the listener. And then when y'all get ready to say good night, that person still never identified that y'all never got to hear your part. They just okay with saying good night because they done got off what they need to get off. And so those kinds of things happen with PKs a lot. It happened with PKs a lot. What do you mean? Um, because people think that PK is just supposed to be used to it. It's supposed to be something they could deal with because you're a PK. Oh, you're the pastor's daughter. or you the pastor's son. I don't know why you, you know, da 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 No, you got a lot to say about nothing. Because until you have had to walk in my shoes, you have no idea. No idea the pain of being a PK. <laughs> pain is a nice word the pain of being a PK, the expectation, the, the lack of living, as we would call it as children, the lack of living, not being able to do anything, watching everybody else do everything. And it looks like they never get caught, but we every time we try it, we get snatched up, <laughs> we get called out. Um, so that's a lot. That's a lot. And so I think Uh, Those of you who have been hitting us up and letting us know um, your view of a PK and if there's a double standard going on, I believe that there is, always have believed it. Not going to change it now. Um, Even as being older, it's just more evident um, of the double standard. Again, I'll speak of how you want your stuff dealt with in private, but you want the PK stuff to be dealt with publicly. It's just not cool. It's not okay. Um, At some point, you ought to be able to identify or empathize rather than destroy. And so, we want to have a time of coming together where uh, PKs can do just that feel free and feel comfortable without feeling threatened by sharing uh, their go through, but knowing that there's somebody there that's ready to work with them, pray with them you know, cry with them, you know, um, that, that's the way he gave it to me. And so I'm trying to get that together, um, with all of the things that we do between, um, banner, which is bad at abuse and not abandoned, uh, a ministries, uh, outreach ministry founded and started by my bestie of which I now go along with her and do, uh, loving the me, I see which is something that uh, God has given me, that my bestie works along with me. We do everything together in ministry because most of the things that we do are like-minded. Um, we have Broken Crayon Still Color, where we deal with mental illness in the church, something that nobody wants to talk about. You got half the people in church sitting with a uh, diagnosis of ADHD, ADD, bipolar syndrome, Um uh, what's the uh, oppositional disorder, um, ODD? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, schizophrenia. You you have so many people sitting in church with you with all of these diagnoses, and they're ashamed of it. They're afraid to tell somebody that this is what I'm dealing with, and and it's terrible when the church is always listed as a hospital. I don't know no other hospital that just gives out your confidentiality like that, and so. Um, we in the church, um, my bestie says this all the time. She says this all the time. I don't want to have to always be in the prophetic to find out what's going on. Sometimes you just want people to talk to you and tell you, this is what's going on. This is where I am. This is how I feel. Why I always got to tap into the prophetic. That means I got to go above and beyond. I got to dig deep. I'm all drained and tired. You know, when you could have just told me. You know, and sometimes it's just um, hard for some to say that this is what I'm dealing with, especially when it comes to mental illness in the church. And um, there are some, I'm going to keep on talking about the PKs in between everything that I'm talking about, because everything that I'm saying refers to them as well as any other lay member in the church. You got some pastors that got diagnoses that never told anybody, including membership, you got some um, (laughs) armor bearers that have mental illnesses and they don't want to tell their leader because they feel like they might not be able to serve or they feel like they might be looked at in a different way. Um, We talked about this uh, in our Return of the Swiss Guard class, uh, Newark version, um, and people shun mental illness. But in fact, most of the church has it, um, either from, um, issues that we've dealt with, meaning violations, whether it be verbal, whether it be, uh, um, domestic, whether it be molestation or rape, um, sodomy even, uh, there, there's so many things, um, that people have endured that, um, caused them to have a bad mental state of mind. Uh, or And some have just been born and, and and just was diagnosed late. And then once they got diagnosed, they didn't want to tell anybody. They Nobody wants to just tell their friends, hey, I got ADHD. Or nobody wants to tell their girlfriend or their boyfriend, I suffer from bipolar disease. When in all actuality, it's the best thing you could do. Give somebody an opportunity to decide whether they want to hang around And deal with that because once they say, yes, I understand and I'm not going anywhere, then you expect them to be able to walk you through that thing. But if you don't give them an opportunity to make a conscious decision to hang on in there, it's unfair. And so uh, that trickles on to relationship, that trickles on to dating, that trickles on into marriage, and it also ends up in divorce because people fail to be honest in the beginning, when it counts, when you're getting to know somebody, don't wait till you marry me. And now I got to find out Joe died and now Harry is alive. You understand what I'm saying? Or you, I I met Susan, but now I got April. Like, come on, you know, you you just want to be able to effectively deal with people. I, I just think that it's the only fair way to handle things. And so I know I strayed away from directly just dealing with the PK conference, but I want you guys to talk about stuff that nobody else is talking about. Mental illness, perhaps that's you. I'm watching the numbers fluctuate and it's because a lot of people don't want to admit that this is what's wrong with me. And if you never admit this is what's wrong with me, you leave yourself out of the equation of help, and you also put yourself in the equation of baggage, heavy baggage, excess baggage. And then, you know, you get upset when people tend to walk away. But I think that when you honestly talk to somebody and um, you feel like this is a friendship that I would like to blossom or, or this is a relationship that I would like to see grow into the next phase, I think it is at that time that you owe it to the people uh, in your life to tell them what's wrong, because what if they hit a trigger? It's no telling what's going to happen. And so we want to see people live and live a long life. And you never know what that response is going to be. And so I I plead with you. I, I beg of you that if that's you, That you do something about it. Let's let's talk about another taboo subject, therapy. Seeing a psychologist and or a psychiatrist along with a therapist. It's not because you're crazy. It's because you try not to go crazy. Go see them. You don't want to, you found out that talking to the people in the church is is causing you more havoc and sending you into a deeper place of darkness because they don't know how to handle it in confidentiality. Then go to somebody who does not know you at all and talk to them. But whatever you need to do, do it. You ain't got, don't be worrying about what everybody else think. This is just sanity. This is your whole life. Like you've been going through life being something that everybody else is talking about and not something that you could truthfully become. Tanasia says, I believe that there's a lot of mental illness in the church because most people are suffering in silence, holding in the way they feel and building up those emotions because they're afraid to come out and not telling people and not telling people what's on their mind. And I can't, and, and I can what she and I can be transparent as I'm sure it's what she's trying to say. I'm guilty as charged because I've done that and there's a danger that comes with it. It really truly is I I want people to know that it is not all right that you suffer in silence like that. It is not all right that you lead people to believe that you are whole and you are and in fact you are broken. What do I mean? Meaning that you have practiced this for so long, you have mastered malfunction. You have mastered blessings, you have mastered malfunctioning. And it's not okay that you've mastered it so much so that it's it's what you wear every day as a garment. And then you have to go home and deal with it by yourself and causes you to almost want to do away with yourself. You don't have to do that. There's somebody that really wants to be there for you. Whether you be a PK, whether you be a lay member, whether you be an officer of the church, whether you be a leader of the church, whether you be a prelate of churches, there is somebody who can be there for you. And if it's not in the church, for God's sake, go see somebody that is licensed and talk to them so that you can heal so that you can be happy in life so that you can be all right with loving yourself because you can't expect people to love you and you don't know how you don't even know if you're getting the fullness of love because you've never experienced it and then when it came towards you, you pushed it away because it looked strange. It didn't look like that abuse that you you're you used to. And so you pushed it aside because you thought it was too good to be true. I want everybody to be able to find themselves in a place of I want more. I want more i want more love i want more understanding i want more peace but all of that only comes from you being true to who you are and about what you've come from and what you've come through and so um, we don't want to stay on long tonight kind of tired tonight but we did want to honor uh, the request of those who had asked us to do a part two of where we were on last week. Next week, um, we're going to be talking about a different topic. My bestie's going to be on here with you. Um, and I'm not, I can't remember all of the topics that she mentioned, um, but we're going to be doing them one at a time, uh, depending on how much she has to say, could be two. Um, But we will be moving on and venturing into um, one. I remember is the spirit of adoption, free from abuse. the other is breaking free from abuse. What you say, choosing to be choosing to forgive after betrayal, choosing to forgive after betrayal. Oh my god. Choosing to forgive after betrayal. That's a strong one. I'm sure that's going to be a healthy conversation. What was that you said? Breaking the ties that bind. Breaking the ties that bind. You know those strong soul ties that some of you have that you don't believe. Um, you have um, some of you that can't break free um, your- from from someone. The last one is. Rewriting your mind? Rewriting your mind. She's going to have to help me with that one. I'm used to reprogramming, but not rewriting. Um, But we're going to talk about that um, because all of this has everything to do with learning how to love yourself. That's the main thing for loving the me. I see that we might be able to successfully learn how to be free from our own selves so that we can love and live again. And so as we conclude this topic for tonight, uh, the double standard of PKs, not not because PKs have a double standard, but people who have a double standard when it comes to judging, they put PKs at a different level than their own self or their own children. And so it's time to um, allow the PKs to have a life. It's time to allow the PKs to be free to be who they are without uh, so much condemnation. I mean, yeah, it's okay to tell them it's not cool what they're doing, but to the point where you're making them feel almost sad to be alive, you ought to be shaming yourself because you're dealing with it within your own um, family or household, and you're, you're transferring that. You're, you're deflecting. That's what you're doing. You're focusing on somebody else to keep the attention off yours. And that's not cool. That's not cool. So I love everybody and I want to see the people of God be free. I want to see the people of God uh, be open to love again. I want to see the church come back to church where you will be able to confide one with the other. And you didn't have to worry about whether you were going to hear it again, excuse me, whether you were going to hear it again, or you didn't have to worry about whether somebody was going to expose you on Facebook Live. Um, You didn't have to worry about, you know, Facebook gangsters, you know, or lurkers. You know, there were people who sincerely wanted to know what was wrong with you so that they could try to be there for you. And then they, they would be honest enough to say, you know what, this is a lot for me to handle. Do you mind? How about you do that Instead of just taking it upon yourself to share somebody else's information with somebody else, ask them, hey, this is a lot for me to handle right now. I really thought that I could, but I realized that it's a bit much for me. Do you mind if I talk to, don't just say someone else. Do you mind if I talk to XYZ? I want to know who else you're talking about. Me too. Hmm? So I can understand that if something gets out, I know exactly where it came from. Don't give me, can I talk to somebody else? I want to know who that somebody else is Um, and give me the opportunity to say yay or nay. And if I say nay, then that means that, you know, I'm good. I understand that it's too much for you to handle. And so I'm not looking for you to give me any answers. I'm just going to, you know, call it as it is. And so that's where we are. I want the church to come back to church. I want friendship uh, to be redefined uh, it's, it's, it's almost scary to have friends right now. Cause you either bisexual, gay, lesbian, like they got all kinds of titles. When back in the day, um, you know, you and your, you and your best friend, y'all wore the same outfit. Y'all wore each other's clothes. Um, y'all, uh, walked down. I mean, it was okay for somebody to say, this is my girlfriend. Now you say that people be like, well, what do you mean? Is that your girlfriend or is that your girlfriend? You know, all that kind of foolishness. You know, um, I'm looking for the day when uh, church will come back to church where um, we can stop having so many warped um, ideas and opinions about uh, people's lifestyles. Not everybody is gay. Not everybody is shady. Not everybody... There are a few people that are left to a genuine and, and don't mind uh, being transparent and don't mind being there for you. Hey, Daniela. Um, and so this is what I'm looking forward to. This is what I desire to see happen in the church again, um, that while we don't want to go back to the place where people are seen and not heard, we do want to go back to the place where the church was the hospital. If you couldn't go anywhere else, you could go to the church and get help. It's time for us to open the emergency room back up. It's time. It's time. Some of us have have let people go straight to the back without triaging them. What do I mean? You're you're sending people on their way or you're sending people in another direction without really taking um, note of what's wrong. When you go to the emergency room, I don't care how bad you feel. What they're going to do is tell you to have a seat till they call you. And while you having a seat, guess what? You got to register and all that pain you in. You got to take time to register. Sometimes you don't even understand the process. Somebody got to help you register and get you signed in. Then you after that, you still got to sit down and wait for them to call you. What they why you got to wait? Cuz they're going to bring you back in that good room. And they're going to take your temperature, your your heart rate, your blood pressure. They're, they're going to, depending on why you're there, get urine. There are certain things that they do when they're triaging you to find out whether you're going to go to fast track or whether you need to go in the back for long-term treatment. And so we need to get back to the place where that's what the church does. We don't do a, a, a one-size-fit-all but we actually take time with the people and find out where they are. And then when we find out where they are, meaning when they can actually say, Hey, this is how I feel right now. Now I want to know how you got there. What happened? What what brought you to this place? And how long were you there before you got here? I I want us to get back to that place when you ask those questions because you really wanted an answer not because you wanted it to look like you cared that's my desire to see us get back to that day where we really cared one for the other am i my brother's keeper am i my sister's keeper yes i am yes i am and so as i say good night to you i want you to know that i love you i want you to know that i believe in you I want you to know that you are not what happened to you. That you are a stronger person because of what you've been through. But it will not hold you hostage. It will not define you. You are going to be all right. Because when God thought about you, he said it is good. Fearfully and wonderfully made you are. And he knows the plans. And the thoughts that he has concerning you. You're not an accident. He created you with a purpose. With all of this that you're going through. He created you. Just for that. That you might be a testament. That you might give him glory. Through that thing that you're going through. Through that pain that you're, you're managing to walk through. Because if you're still alive, despite all that pain, it means that you have more strength than you thought you did. And when he thought about you, because he predestined he foreknew you. And so he already knew you were going to handle this all right. Well, if he knew everything, how did he let so-and-so die there? Well, he already knew everybody has a lifespan. Not everybody's going to get to live forever. Not everybody's going to get to live until the rapture. Some people have a purpose, and once it is fulfilled according to his will, they're done. And he takes them to be with him. So what I want us to do is to be all right with letting the shackles be done. I want us to be all right with understanding that mental illness really is in the church. I want us to be all right with saying that I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Sometimes people ask me, you all right? I'm okay. I'm not okay, but I'm going to be all right. I'm not okay. But I'm going to be all right. And lets them know that there's something going on. And people who really mean, are you all right, will continue on to find out if there's something that they can do to help to be there. So don't be a nosy person, a busybody, as, as the uh, scriptures would mention. Be that person that's real. Be that person that shows everybody that this really does still exist. That, that's my desire. And I try with everything in me to be that for the people whose lives I'm in. Sometimes my truth might hurt. But they know it's coming from a place of love. And after I give that truth, even if it hurts, I stay there to help walk you through. I wish, I wish. Somebody had done that for me. But I can't focus on that all the time now. All I can do is do differently. What I wish could have been done for me is what I, both my bestie and myself, try to do for others. We get hurt a lot because of it. Get hurt a lot. We get accused of a lot. When all we're trying to do is be there, all we're trying to do is let somebody know that there are still some good people left in the church. And that what you say to us is going to stay with us. And that we won't use your weakness against you. So I want you to be blessed. I want you to say a special prayer tonight and just ask God for the courage. To let go. It doesn't have to be, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus the Christ, God, Jehovah, no, wait, sometimes you just need to say, God, help. Maybe you never had to pray before. So just go go straight to the point. God, I need you. What I want you to know is whatever you ask God for, you must ask in the name of his son, Jesus. The Bible tells us that. Says unto now, you have not asked anything in my name. Ask in my name that your joy might be complete. Jesus is our advocate. He intercedes for us. He goes to the father. So whatever you ask for, make sure you ask in Jesus name. And so I, I, I do it all the time. I'm in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Or Father, in the name of your son, Jesus. Or um, I might start praying in midway. God, I ask this in Jesus' name. I never leave out the fact that I need his son to intercede on my behalf. So what I want you to do for yourself. Is to ask God for help. Ask God for help. I promise you. He won't let you down. Now be mindful. That it might not come in the way you want. But it will come in the way in which you need. So ask him for help. Ask him for forgiveness. Now the funny thing about that right is most people um, say, well, I asked God to forgive me, but yo, did you ask the person who you hurt? (laughs) You can't ask God to forgive you. You haven't asked the person you offended. You can't go to the head of the class like that. You can't. And so what I want you to do is ask God for help to let go. Ask God for the courage to walk away. Ask God For the ability to forgive. Ask God for the ability. To be free. Ask God for deliverance. Because everything free ain't delivered. Everything delivered ain't free. I should say. So I want you to talk to God for yourself. Doesn't have to be nothing long and drawn out. Simply God. I need your help. And then the next time you pray, you don't have to just say, God, I need your help. God, forgive me. I never pray without asking God to forgive me. I really don't. And sometimes I don't know if I've done anything wrong. That's why there are sins of omission and sins of commission. Sins we know that we've done, sins that we don't know that we've done. And so I always ask God to forgive me of sins of omission and sins of commission so that every base is covered. I ask him to forgive me. I ask him not to let anything that I've done get in the way of the blessings of my children, get in the way of the blessings of my ministry. I don't want anybody to be held accountable for my wrong. I ask him to uh, give me the ability to forgive because it's just not easy. But it is necessary if you plan to go to heaven. It really is necessary. Without forgiveness, you're not going to heaven. So I hate to break the news to you. You're not going to heaven. You're not. And with those of you who find yourself always sitting in the seat of judgment, The Bible says with the same measure. With the same measure. So however you judge me, that's how God's going to judge you. Don't be so quick to take away mercy. Ask God for help. I promise you, this man called Jesus will do it. Ask God for help. Then ask him to forgive you. If you're a backslider, ask him to take you back. The Bible says he married to you. For those of us who are not a backslider, we got to wait till he come back to get us. But they say he married to the backslider. Ask him to take you back. (laughs) He'll do it. Ask him to take you back. Ask him to heal you of all the hurt. We sing the song and says, God, I want God wants to heal you everywhere you hurt, but you gotta, you really have to want that healing, which means you might have to let something go. So with all of these things that we say and do on Wednesdays when we come on and we tell you how beautiful you are and we tell you how gorgeous and handsome you are and we tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that you're a good thing and that you're visible and you're not a mistake. After after you remember all of that, I want you to remember that God is here. He's not going anywhere. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We used to sing this song, I think it's the Clark's, it's Jesus the Same Yesterday, Today, Forevermore. He never changes, He's there. And when you can't talk to anybody else, you could talk to Him. And when you can't confide in anybody else, man, he keeps so many secrets. You know how much stuff I told Jesus (laughs) because I didn't know if I could tell anybody else. But we have to. It is imperative that we lose all this unnecessary weight. It really is. So my prayer for you tonight is that you will find a new found relationship with Christ. That you would not just ask Him, blessings you the flag. Not that you would just ask Him, but that you would believe. I love you, dime. We love you, dime. Says she, love us not that you would just ask him but that you would believe the scripture says that we have to ask in faith believing so if you're going to ask god to do something you need to believe that it can be done so i i implore you to seek god while you can Again, you don't have to have no long drawn out prayer. God, forgive me for my sins. Take me as your own. I love you. I want to serve you. And watch what he does. Are you going to just wake up and, and be sin free the next day? No. What do I mean by that? Meaning that we all fall, but we can't stay there. You can't practice sin and then think God just going to keep on winking his eye. But if you happen to slip here and there, God is right where he left you. With his arms open, waiting for you to come back. So if you don't remember anything else I said tonight, I want you before you to go to sleep tonight. Say, God, I need you. God, I trust you. Help me let go. Give me the courage to walk away. Give me the courage to drop that shackle. I'm giving it to you and I'm trusting and believing that you're gonna do it for me. We said a lot tonight about PKs. We said a lot tonight about mental illness in the church. But what I want to say the most about is that there's a man who's waiting to hear from you. And his name is Jesus. Some call him Yahweh. Yeshua. However you call out to him, Do that tonight, not tomorrow. I want you to promise yourself to do it tonight. I'm not going to go to sleep tonight before I ask him for help. I'm not going to go to sleep tonight before I ask God to forgive me. I'm not going to go to sleep tonight before I ask God to help me forgive people who have done me wrong. I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. Until I ask God to forgive the man or the woman who raped me. To forgive the man or the woman who molested me. Forgive the man or the woman who betrayed me. I'm not going to do I'm not going to go to sleep. Before I ask God for help with this. Because I need it. And I need it bad. I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to have anxiety attacks anymore. I'm tired of these asthma attacks. I don't want to have pseudo seizures anymore. God, I need you. And I need you bad. I'm telling you, if you are sincere, he will hear you and he will come to the rescue. I don't think I've ever in the three years that we've been on live, spent this much time asking you to call out to God. And for whatever the reason he's having me do it tonight, please take heed. Please take heed. I serve a God that loves. I serve a God that hears. I serve a God that heals. I serve a God, that's right, Tanasia. Who truly answers prayers? I serve a God. That can erase the pain. To the point as my besties book says. That you're healed without a scar. Man, hey lady Nasi, I serve a God. That is faithful when nobody else is. I serve a God. Who forgives me even when I can't forgive myself. I serve a God. Who has never told my secrets. Now. Let me tell you about that. Because then he uses somebody to prophesy to where you are. Honey. But the way he does it is so sweet. He doesn't tell all. He only tells enough to let you know that he heard you and that he sent somebody to minister to you right where you are. So while we were talking about PKs and we were talking about grandmama and them that kept us in church and we were talking about being able to bring the church back to church and make it the hospital that God conditioned it to be, I am telling you, Blessing, sir. I am telling you that this is the time to cry out to him. And you do not need big words. Thou, thee, though, ye, ye, good man. Just say, God help me. Go message Bible on him. <laughs> God help me. Like break it down to the lowest phrase. Help. Peter, when he saw himself drown, said, save me. Ask him. Watch him do it. I'm telling you. Some of you may not have ever believed in Christ before. I'm telling you. Now, let me tell the truth, because they didn't tell me. It's not going to be a bed of roses. But you always have his ear. You always have his hand. You don't ever want him to take his hand off of you. But to reign with him is to suffer with him. If you follow his ministry, he suffered. He went through some stuff. He dealt with um, backbiters, he dealt with liars, he dealt with hypocrites, he dealt with narcissistic personalities, he dealt with abusers. And guess what? He dealt with betrayers, and he still loved them. He still fed them. (laughs) He still slept with them. Man, I'm telling you, he did some stuff that I'd be like, oh, God, help, (laughs) because I just want to be what I'm supposed to be, and I don't overdo it and, and make myself look like a fanatic, but I'm at a point of growth in him where I really just don't mind being transparent I don't mind letting people know that I've been there before and uh, while I may not have had the help coming out I want to help you I, I might I, I might not have all of the answers but I bet you I know somebody who does outside of Jesus. I don't want to do to you what they did to me. Jesus will fix it and don't give you any solutions. No, I know some people who got some degrees and some stuff that if I can't answer you, they might be able to. Because we don't always want to say "Jesus, Jesus, Jesus, you know, because people run from that. But I tell people all the time, I'm an apostle in the Lord's church. I don't know how to not find a way to talk about him. But I'm not going to say, well, it says this in the book. No, no, because that tends to turn people away. And we're supposed, the Bible says, he that went of souls is wise. And so you got to be able to give people God without them even realizing it. (laughs) But there will come a time when eventually you got to say, hey, have you given your life over to Christ. Take them to the book of Romans, walk them through that road of salvation, get that confession and just let them know that it might get rough after this, but there's somebody they can talk to and there's a place they can go. They can go to church and when they can't go to church, they can find a corner in their room and go to God. So tonight. I think I became a Baptist preacher. I think this is like the fourth time I said I'm closing. But I really am. But he really has me emphasizing the need to find him, to talk to him, to beckon for him. He's waiting. He's waiting. As God. Jesus said he will hear you as he have heard me. Oh, blessing, sir. He punished them all. So he did. He did. That's why I said I can't tell you that it's going to be a bed of roses. We got consequences for this stuff that we do. Now, once we get saved, what he does is he takes the sting out of it. (laughs) But you're going to reap what you sow. So be careful what you sow, how you sow it. Because his word won't return void. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, I'm saved now. That was when I was, oh, you might not have to pay for it at the magnitude you would have if you were still out in the world. But there were some things that were left behind because of what you did. So I love you. I hope you love me. I hope you understand where I'm coming from and the need for it. He's faithful. He's just. He's well able. As the Hebrew boy said, even if he doesn't, we know that he can. So I'm still not going to serve any other God (laughs) because my God is able. I might not live to see this tomorrow, But I still say to you, my God is able. So I say to you, as crazy as your life may have been, as much pain as you may have had to endure, he makes no mistakes. And he had a purpose when he allowed you to go through it. And because you came through it, you're a better person. We just can't afford to be bitter. We've got to be better. So I love you tonight. And he loves you more. (laughs) He loves you more. He loves you so much. I know we say, oh, he gave his, his son came down over 2000 years ago through 42 generations. I just want you to know he loves you. And that he gave up a lot for you. He did. He really did. So I look forward to you saying, hey, you know, I never prayed before, but I did it tonight. I did it when you, I did what you told me to do. I talked to God. I asked him to forgive me. I asked him to save me. I'm looking forward to hearing that. I'm looking forward to hearing that. So on next week, when we sign in at 9:15 when we sign on at 9:15 to have our next discussion I'm looking forward to it hey apostles I, I asked God to save me hey apostles I prayed to God and, and 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 guess what happened hey apostles it didn't happen yet but I'm telling you I believe it's I believe it's going to I believe it okay I, I please talk to him <laughs> talk to him okay i love you guys i'm gonna say good night my bestie's doing here right now so she can't come and say anything to you guys um she did chime in every now and then but we would normally have her pray out so father god in the name of jesus god we ask on behalf of these your people Whatever their problem, whatever their situation, we ask you to meet them where they are. If they're unsaved, God, we ask that you would hear the sinner's prayer on their behalf. We ask that you would save them on tonight. We ask that you would let them know that your presence is with them. Father, for those who have been unable to forgive, warm that cold heart. Allow them to love again. Allow them to forgive. Help them to understand. Without forgiveness, they won't be able to see you. For every leader that came on tonight, God, be with them. Strengthen them. Encourage them. For the leaders are dying. You're taking your generals home, God. And some of us are stressing. Some of us, even though your word tells us to be anxious for nothing, are suffering from anxiety. Some of us are depressed and don't know how to do, as David said, to encourage ourselves. Father, we cry out to you on their behalf. God, as people seek a further understanding, open their eyes, open their ear gates, that you might minister to their heart, mind, and soul. God, we trust and believe that this is going to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, we love you guys. Good night. And we will see you on next Wednesday at 9.15. You'll probably see earlier in the week what the topic will be. We try to do it early enough, but if not, we'll tell you about an hour before the show what the topic is going to be. And you're more than welcome at any time to inbox us and let us know if you'd like to be a guest on um, the live cast so that you could talk and share your stories or share, you know, your go-throughs and the victory that is associated with it um, to let people know that you've experienced some of the things that we're talking talking about and that you're a witness of what it looks like on the other side. So we always allow you to do that. Inbox us. And so, again, if there's a topic that you would like for us to discuss, inbox us. So, until next time, we love you and be blessed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no.